Screw it, screw it, we're just just gonna gonna talk talk about Spider-Man. Welcome to Screw It, we're just gonna talk about Spider-Man. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Hines. I'm your other host, Will Hines. And every Wednesday we release a new episode of this podcast where we talk about another issue of Spider-Man. And this episode is no different, Kevin. We're gonna do issue 13 of Amazing Spider-Man, which features the villain Mysterio. Yeah, this is his first appearance. This came out in June 1964. Very excited. Uh, And we cover uh, all these issues by the original creators, Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, and that's this one. Yep. Um, Spider-Man is, you know, really huge and popular, but I think a lot of people haven't had the opportunity or the chance to go read the original comics and man, they're so good. So we're going through them. Yeah. Uh, and this issue is about Mysterio, as you said, and this is a guy that, uh, is not in any of the movies. No. And I don't think he's going to be, um, no, uh, (laughs) I'll say this. I love Mysterio. I love this issue. The name, I think it might be especially dumb. Uh, I love everything about him. (laughs) Um, but I do think the fact that he's rooted in like a stuntman special effects expert makes him a tough tough sell sell when that's like now just a guy who sits at a computer yeah that's true he's not like cgi man he's his name should be like practical effects man or something like that (laughs) yeah yeah it's mysterio the master of practical effects (laughs) <laughs> he's just uh, a lot of Spider-Man villains are like really arrogant and like kind of jerks and Mysterio is a real jerk and I really love him for that yeah uh, he feels petty I don't know I don't quite understand his motivation <laughs> he's just a s- snob just someone who thinks he's better than everybody and so he should just have everything or something like that yeah um, let's get started I look let's get into him. our I look up to him and well. I admire him and I'm gonna try to be like him yeah let's get into our segments okay you're gonna be like Mysterio he's my role model okay great I think you picked the wrong person out of this issue to model yourself after, but you picked somebody, so that's good. To me, he's the hero of the story. Uh, before we get started, we should remind you that we have uh, a social media presence. Screw it, yes. Spidey is on Instagram and Twitter, and we post a lot of the images that we talk about during these podcasts. So if you are listening to this podcast, you can go there, and throughout the week, I'll post different uh, panels from this issue. Oh, yeah. I love the Instagram account. I give it a big thumbs up, and I recommend it to every single person that I talk to. A lot of them are irritated for you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, I have like, to force it into landlord. a lot of conversations. Yep. You're, People you're, on the street. When you're, like, buying milk. Yep. Um, somebody asked me for directions. I go, I'll give you directions, but only if you agree to follow this Instagram account. Sometimes they're and like, they what's Instagram? Yeah, they're going to download Instagram or get a smartphone. Yep. It's a whole yep. it's a whole thing. But it's worth it because that's a great account. Yeah, but that's Screw It Spidey. It's on Instagram. You can also email us at screwitspidey at gmail and uh, talk to us and we'll read your emails perhaps on the podcast. We have a couple we're going to read today. Ooh, exciting. But not yet. What segment right are we now, on we're going to talk about talk? what? Cover talk? Yeah, we're going to talk about the cover. That's what I was getting to. We're going to talk about the cover. Nice. Uh, I like this cover. I give it a thumbs up. The top two thirds is just Spider-Man attempting to web up Mysterio, who stands in a cloud of smoke, and it just ain't working. The web is dissolving as it approaches Mysterio. Yeah. Uh, His his number one weapon is uh, rendered inert. And also on the cover, they have two little vignettes of other things that we're going to see in the issue, one of which is Spider-Man turning to crime, and another one is uh, a superhero talking to a psychiatrist. Yeah. The guy he's robbing looks similar to the therapist on the cover. Yeah. In an extra twist, he goes to therapy and then robs the man's safe. Uh, But yeah, I think this is an issue that if I saw on the cover, uh, I'd be interested in. If I'm already reading Marvel Comics and I saw this one, I'm like, yeah, I'm buying this. It also has the classic Stan Lee sort of like circus barker banter, you know, where he's like pointing at something and telling you how amazing it is. 
Yeah. You know, we've done it. We've created the greatest villain of all for old Spidey. <laughs> Each villain is the greatest villain they've ever come up with. Stanley is not shy about telling you that the thing you're holding is the absolute best ever. How do you feel about the dome? Mysterio's like head is sort of like a crystal ball. I like it. I also like that his he's got two little lapels with eyeballs in them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like it all. I think it's really fun. I like that. It really does make him seem like, what's this guy's deal? I mean, he is mysterious. So I think the name is not wrong. So it, there, you shouldn't make fun of the name. He's living up to it. I, I sometimes think Stan Lee's names, they could use a second draft, like Electro. Maybe it's just the ones that end in O just sound a little bit like, uh, he's bank robber O or whatever. Like <laughs> they, just, they feel a little tossed off, but it, it, Mr. Well, looks really cool for sure. Uh, it's another like Ditko uh, design that's just made for Ditko to go wild with. It's got a little Doctor Strange in him. Yeah, he is kind of Doctor strange he He's got the big cape and he's like surrounded by smoke a lot. And he's sort of like, you know, Mysterio's kind of doing tricks essentially. So it looks like he's casting spells. Ooh, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, good cover. Uh, yeah, it's a good cover. Um, some of our other segments, we're going to breeze through these, I think. What else is going on at Marvel this time? Nothing really. Yeah. It's the uh, same. New, new issues of everything. Yeah. Well, when we first... In our first couple episodes, what's going on at Marvel would reveal how much the, you know, how how few other superheroes they were and then how they were getting added in. But now we're sort of getting to a stability place where a lot of the big guys are in place. Yeah, the next big thing will be like when Captain America gets his own uh, story. He gets added to Tales to Astonish, I think. Yeah. Uh, the one that Iron Man is in. He'll become a co-feature in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the Hulk shows up in, uh, oh no, maybe Hulk is Tales to I don't know. It's Tales of Suspense and Tales to Astonish. They both show up in those. Right. The Hulk and Captain America get their solo titles back. Yeah. But we're not even there yet. Those guys are still just guest starring. Like Captain America is just in the Avengers. And right now I think the Hulk is fighting the thing for two issues in Fantastic Four. Okay, cool. That's, I love that sequence. Uh, and he start, he fights uh, Spider-Man next issue. Uh, but yeah, so that's what's going on at Marvel at this time. More of the usual. Okay. Segment over. Uh, Spider-Man podcast news. Uh, do we have any podcast news? Um, I mean, the software we use to record the podcast updated itself. <laughs> there you go, guys. <laughs> uh, Zencaster, right? Yeah, we're using Zencaster since you're in New York and I'm in Los Angeles, or you're in the New York area and I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's right. We're using this thing called Zencaster to like record, and it mostly works great. It's definitely the best thing I've seen in this realm of trying to do like that's a free plug just right now you just made zencaster money we don't have any sponsors that i know of uh unless campfire media is like (laughs) doing a lot of slipping in tons of ads that i don't know about which i'm fine with but um yeah if this is if this podcast was 50 percent ads i wouldn't question them if we've already gone to ads twice i'm in favor of it you know free content someone's got to pay for it yeah. Uh, so Zencaster, uh, the free software we use. Uh, it's not free. Uh, it's not free. You pay yeah. for it? You sucker. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't ask, you don't ask me to chip in on that? You're a real sucker. <laughs> Our brotherhood dynamic is really getting revealed here. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that got upgraded. Spider-Man news, they've just announced who's going to replace Dan Slott on Amazing Spider-Man. So it's sort of a oh, comic yeah. book Spider-Man news. Uh, Nick Spencer is going to be writing it, uh, and he wrote a uh, Superior Foes, I believe, uh, Spider-Man series for a while that was very funny. Yeah. Sort of a comical take on some of the B-list villains that Spider-Man faces. Cool. Well, good luck, Nick. I hope uh, and you do he just was job. most recently writing Captain America in a very divisive storyline there. So oh, we'll yeah. see how he does. The artist is a guy named Corey Walker who is doing Invincible. Okay. Uh, which I think you just heard about. 
weirdly yeah. in next week's episode of this podcast. Yeah, we recorded next week's early, so Invincible gets recommended in the next episode, but yeah. we've already heard it. So yeah, I'm hearing a lot about that series. So that artist is moving over to Amazing Spider-Man. Mm, cool. So anyway, uh, Dan Slott's not done yet. He's got a, a handful more issues yet, but that's who's coming up next. Now, I hate to be like social media in terms of kind of always being offended or something, but like, does Marvel have any female writers? Like, does it, do any do any women write Marvel comics? Yes, they do. Uh, probably not enough, and definitely not enough uh, people of uh, uh, color, people and, of color, yeah. and anything like that. Um, and I don't know about artists. I feel like there's less female artists. Any Wu, Annie yes. Wu did, had, did Hawkeye for a while and does other stuff. Yeah, and right now uh, the one who the woman who just did uh, the most recent Hawkeye was a woman as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and I'm blanking on her name, but she's amazing. <laughs> okay, um, and she's moving over to. Hi, she's got some new book because now that Hawkeye's over, like they signed her to uh, a contract, so they want her around. Um, so she's going to keep doing it, uh, you know, and so that's great. Uh, but I so ho- probably not hopefully, enough. Hopefully, moving in the right direction. Kelly Thompson, that's right, Kelly Thompson. Uh, she's also right now writing a she's, she's the writer, Gambit yeah. miniseries that's really fun too. And I don't even like those characters. Yeah, but basically, I'm reading anything she does because I enjoyed her Hawkeye so much. Cool. I'm about to read those, so I'm excited to see them. The Kate Bishop Hawkeye, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm excited um, to read that too. And I forget what she's doing next, but definitely, uh, or they maybe haven't even announced it yet. But she's definitely uh, going to move on to another book after this maybe multiple books um so she's great but yeah they don't have enough female writers and female artists oh i um i think miss marvel's written by a female um have you read miss marvel i have a trade that i'm going to read so it's in my to read pile but i haven't read it yet yeah um uh let's see i'm written the the trade i'm looking uh, at is written by g willow wilson but i I yeah i guess i don't know what gender g willow wilson is okay so (laughs) maybe Uh, (laughs) Um, but it's a, uh, that's great. I mean, that's a really fun comic, regardless of who's writing it. Yeah. Um, she's a woman. (laughs) All right. Thank you, internet. Um, cool. Well, I like, I like the idea of Marvel getting more diverse. I mean, I, I I love Marvel comics and I, and I like them being good guys. Like every, you know, it's all relative. Um, but the fact that black Panther was sort of like an early African-American hero who was good with a good story and was given a pretty good push by Marvel when he first came out in the sixties. Uh, I'm proud of that. I mean, I wish there was more. I always wish there was like more, but I I look for ways that Marvel is trying to do the right thing, you know? So I uh, think like, Every other, uh, definitely entertainment industry, there's they're really, really lacking in diversity, both gender and uh, race. Yeah. And prob- probably sexuality, too. It's hard yeah. to know that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I mean, they're severely, severely lacking. There's no question of that. Uh, are they doing enough? I don't know what they're doing, so it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, you have to hope that things uh, are... You have to, I mean, that's one thing I noticed reading these old comics, which I love. Like, I, these Ditko Lee comics that we're reading are so good. I think they hold up... But you can definitely tell they're written by a dude in his mid 40s. Um, yeah. I mean, both Marvel and DC go through bursts of trying to make their characters more diverse. Yeah. And often what they've been doing lately is just like replacing the white characters with uh, diverse versions of them. So like Falcon became Captain America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, they added Miles Morales as another Spider-Man. Thor as a female, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, That feels, I don't know if that's the best way to to do it, but it's definitely a way. What? I I like that approach. I mean, representation, you know, it's it's just, it's just sort of like cast 
casting your movies differently? Yeah. I mean, you got to try different things. It's, it's, it's tough. Uh, I think it's a tough thing because eventually those characters always reset to how they started. And so those characters don't last, um, or they have to become new characters and hold on to that, um, newfound attention. I think that's difficult, but it's also really hard to create a brand new character and make it work of any race. Yeah. Like uh, comics, gender. comics always seem kind of stuck with their old characters a lot. And it seems hard for a new one to, to break in. Yeah. I mean, why would DC make anything if they could just make another Batman comic? Why would yeah. Marvel make anything if they could just do another Wolverine? Yeah. It's a challenge. And it's, tough yeah uh, but miss marvel's a success story she's a pretty popular character right now and she is young female muslim oh muslim uh, fascinating and uh she's a, it's a great comic it's been written by uh, g willow wilson. Uh, willow wilson the whole time and uh the real question will be how that character does if that writer ever leaves right hopefully it will stay popular because right now i gotta think a lot of the popularity of that character comes from the great writing yeah exciting see that that, that was a pretty good segment kev yeah yeah the, that was our segment diversity at marvel comics <laughs> we're two straight white guys just keeping an eye on things uh <laughs> yeah that's right and now's the part where i tell will about a current a spider-man plot line yeah. that's happening at comics today cool so uh in spectacular spider-man written by chip zartsky love that name uh Spider-Man has revealed to J. Jonah Jameson that he is Peter Parker. Oh my God, really? Yeah. How'd that go over? <laughs> uh, I mean, it shocked Jonah. Yeah. Uh, it shocked him. They had a heart-to-heart conversation. It was a really fun issue. And at the end, Spider-Man just told him uh, to try to like help him come to grips with why Spider-Man's like, don't hate me. Yeah. Here's who I really am to see if that would help things. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I assume the writer has a, a long-term plan for that. Um, the short-term plan is J. Jonah has become very involved with Spider-Man. Oh my God. Very funny. Uh, Long term though, I don't know if I enjoy that status quo. So I'm curious where it will go. I mean, just after enough time's gone by, you got to try mixing everything up. So yeah. Uh, I sort of never love when Spider-Man reveals his identity to anyone because I just feel like too many people know. Yeah, it's such a satisfying, dramatic moment, but they've had so many of them. Yeah. Um, There was a period uh, where Spider-Man's identity was sort of re-secreted from everybody. Nobody knew who he was anymore. And uh, I think like in the next issue of Avengers, Spider-Man just told everyone who he was to every single member of the Avengers. (laughs) It was sort of like, well, that didn't last long. I mean, it does make sense. Like, tell the Avengers, you know, like you want them to be able to find you. Yeah, I guess if you... If you can't trust Iron Man and Captain America. Also, if they want to figure it out, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but it does just sort of like, I don't know. It takes a lot of the, the secret identity, the secret out of the secret identity, I guess. Doesn't Charles Xavier, if he wanted to, could just like read somebody's mind and find out who they are or whatever? Yeah. Um, I think different writers write Charles differently as far as how willing he is to just like invade people's yeah. minds and learn He's everything. He's a good guy. So. But yeah. He could know everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, Aunt May has known uh, at times. Um, now Jonah hasn't knows. The Fantastic Four all know currently. Uh, I guess Betty Brant maybe has never known. Um, Is that true? I think so. Crazy. I feel like she deserves to know. Yes, first girlfriend. She should have known. But anyway, she doesn't and uh, doesn't. And this current issue we're going to talk about now. And that's where we're at, Will. We're going to talk about this story. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, I love this story. The Menace of Mysterio. Yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah. uh, So this story starts with uh, Spider-Man robbing a bank or maybe just robbing a person. I'm not sure. It's not necessarily a bank. He's got a sack of money. He's got a classic Spider-Man bag of money. We see lots of bags of money in these stories. I will say this idea that Spider-Man is a crook. uh, They treat it like it's a shock and that no one's ever thought of this before, but it was the first issue of Spider-Man that this happened. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 
chameleon dressed up as Spider-Man and robbed people. And also Spider-Man himself has has seriously entertained robbing people. And Electro was confused for Spider-Man for a while. Yeah. So the idea of Spider-Man robbing things shouldn't surprise anyone. It should just be like, here we go again. (laughs) Yeah, the news should be Spider-Man robs somebody and the people on the street should be like, who cares? Yeah, it should be like, well, see how long this one lasts. Yeah. Um, Uh, but But instead, they're all shocked that he's finally turned to crime. So and on the so the first page of this comic, we see one of these crimes in action. Yeah. And Spidey is like leaping from building to a wall. He climbs up the wall. He's holding Web a sack of money. Officers. I guess the splash page is actually the first panel of the story, really. Oh, yeah. Where he's like running out. He's webbed up some people and he's running out of the back. That doesn't usually happen. Usually it just uh, it's symbolizes a foreshadowing the whole story. But yeah, the, the splash um, page is him walking out of a room with a bag of money and some guys webbed up behind him. And here in the first page, he's webbed up some police officers. He swings away in a rope. He webs. He's got a web parachute. Yeah, he's clearly Spider-Man. I will say and compared then, to the, Chameleon, who just like sort of walked around and got into a helicopter, this imposter is doing a much better job. Well, I don't know if it's an imposter. Maybe Spider-Man has turned to crime. I don't know yet. Well, on the second page, Peter Parker even considers the fact that he may have committed these crimes. Yeah, we see Peter in high school. All of his classmates, of course, are up to date on the latest crime news and are reading it out loud. Yeah. Uh, the only person who, says, who doesn't believe it is Flash Thompson. Spider-Man's biggest defender. Peter Parker's bully is Spider-Man's biggest defender. Yeah. He says, we can't be positive. He may still be innocent, says Flash Thompson. There's some psychological analysis you could do of the Peter Parker Spider-Man dynamic where Spider-Man represents like is actually a bad thing is like a toxic voice that hates Peter and that so naturally Flash takes Spider-Man's side because Spider-Man is always berating Peter and telling him he should do better and he could do more and it's his responsibility you know like Spider-Man is an inner voice of pressure I'm gonna so write that that's up. what Stan Lee and Steve Ditko were thinking about as they wrote these comics yeah they're like we're gonna make a psychological metaphor for what happens when the superego gets too big uh, well they did they were successful I guess you finally identified that so I cracked the code somewhere stanley's like someone gets it yeah um no it's just about if you have powers you should stop people from taking bags of money <laughs> yeah uh, like, so peter, yeah. Parker here, peter parker was like well, maybe i am doing it he's maybe i've become a split personality yeah he saw this he saw this footage and he heard the descriptions he's like yeah only i could do those things even though he's seen other people do similar things. I mean, years later, after the Secret Wars, when he first gets the black costume, at night, the black costume is slithering over him and taking over and making him do crimes, right? Yeah. Uh, not doing, maybe it's fighting crimes, but like viciously fighting crimes. But he is doing adventures that he wakes up and then doesn't remember. Yes, that's right. That eventually does happen. So he's so right to consider he that that's going to happen. Uh, he thinks uh, that he is developing a split personality that comes out while he's asleep. And so he's scared to go to sleep. And so now he's losing sleep. We see in the next page that he's like, he's dropping dishes. He's getting kind of like short tempered and kind of like foggy minded. Yeah. And then when he does fall asleep, he wakes up to a news report that Spider-Man is struck again during the night. Yeah, it's the worst. So, yeah, so it seems true. So what does he do? He goes to see a therapist. I love this. I love 60s therapists in, in comics and movies and TV shows. They're always like parodies of the worst Freudian like head shrinkers, you know, like guys yeah. in suits charging you hundreds of dollars an hour with like. Yeah, this therapist first thoughts is about how much money he can make off of Spider-Man. <laughs> I love how greedy everyone in the Spider-Man universe is. He's like, I can make a patient out of him. I'll make medical history. Imagine a mysterious a superhero who's a mental case. <laughs> I had to read that like Stanley a little bit. I wouldn't want my therapist to say to me, don't worry if you're a mental case, I'll save you. I'll be like, don't call me a mental case. Yeah, yeah. I've come here at a vulnerable time. 
<laughs> he goes to mental case very quickly. Um, I work with all the great mental cases. Um, you know, these nut jobs come in here. I help everybody. Have but this seat. diversion only lasts four panels because the moment Spider-Man thinks about laying down on the couch, he gets scared he's going to reveal his secret identity. Yeah, he can't say anything that comes into his head. So he just does the normal thing and he runs and jumps out the yeah. window. Spider-Man runs into places and runs out He with barely any introduction or goodbyes. He's just sort of... Always on the move. Do you think this? Do you think this therapist for the rest of his life is like I blew it? I had a chance to have Spider Man. Two panels later, he jumped out the window. What did I say? So Spider Man picked this therapist. Yeah, did he like look in the phone book? Did he get referrals? Did, did he, he ask for which ones have open they, windows and empty offices? He had to scout them out. Who's, yeah, who's the street facing office? Um, but yeah, so Peter's still bummed about it, and he gets real rude to Betty. I think. Well, he's 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 not sleeping, right? Yeah. So we're seeing what he acts like when he's really grouchy and short of yeah, sleep. Yeah, I don't like the side of Peter. Peter asks he shows uh, up to- how he's doing, and he goes, lay off, will you, Betty? I'm in no mood to be preached at. Yeah, and it really shocks yeah. her. Uh, he even says, I don't tell you how to live your life. Don't butt into mine. There is kind of this comics thing of, like, amnesia. Like, they don't seem to remember that they had this crazy adventure in Philadelphia, like, not that long ago. Like, her yeah. brother just died. They were they were dating, and... I mean, they aren't you know, dating. Like no one- it, uh, I mean, characters in Stan Lee comics, they go from zero to 100 and any emotion they're feeling. Yeah. Well, they're angry. I, you know what? I kind of like that. Curious. I kind of like that, because I get stories going quick. Yeah. You know? A superhero gets insecure three panels later, he's like in the middle of the Amazon jungle to try to like fix his problems or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but okay, sometimes so it, strikes me as, it strikes me as unusual or, or weird for some characters. For some characters like J. Jonah Jameson, it fits. He should go hot and cold. <coughs> so he heads into J. Jonah Jameson and he wants to uh, get an advance. Yeah. Uh, and um, he's Jonah the worst says, person no. in the world. Yeah, he's the worst person in the world to ask for an advance for. I, c- I could have told Peter that. Peter asks for advances so often. He's never gotten one. At some point, you just don't ask this person. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson's way of getting rid of him is so funny. I don't lend money. I'm busy now. You know where the door is. <laughs> yeah. What a rude guy. Uh, and, but, every, every, but J. Jonah's in his this- best mood he's been in in a while because he's getting all these letters telling him how right he is about Spider-Man now. <laughs> Dear JJJ, you were right. I am writing to tell you that I agree with you. He says, what a great triumph for me. (laughs) Uh, Which is very funny. JJ Jameson does want one thing from Peter, which is like sell him the secret of how he gets all these amazing news photos. Yeah, it's been a while since Jonah's wondered about that. Uh, So it's interesting that it's still been in the back of his head. How does Peter get these photos? He's just a he's just a kid who likes hot rods and social clubs. Yeah, he's out he's out there doing those dumb teenager things, but he brings in these great photos. He's obviously just trying to replace Peter. I mean, it's kind of a kind of a brazen move. Tell me how you yeah. do it. Don't worry, I won't replace you. You can trust warm-hearted old Jonah. He's not saying that, but I can imagine him saying that. Yeah, yeah. If he figures out how Peter does this, he just tells a lower a lower charging photographer, someone on staff probably, how to do it. Can we do an improv set when next time I'm in New York where we're just dressed up as J. Jonah Jameson, both of us, and we're like, we just do a set together, like Julie driving Jones. around. Just, I don't know, hanging out, driving around New York, looking for deals, trying to like catch <laughs> Spider-Man or something. I think it'd be a huge, huge uh, audience pleaser. <laughs> Thank God these two middle-aged dudes are doing J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, Spider-Man leaves because uh, he's not getting any money from Jonah, so he has to go out and try to get some crime photos. But the yep, moment he the- puts on his costume, the entire city starts chasing him. Yeah, everyone is so turned on him. It's so funny. Yeah. 
people's tempers are so hot in the Spider-Man universe. Like you show one ounce of cowardice, everyone turns on you. Like one editorial from a newspaper that he's a criminal. He's still a super powered person. Don't chase after him, swinging your fists. (laughs) And they're going after him, and they're all just chasing him down an alley. Like if he wants to, he'll make mincemeat of you if he if he He really wants to kill these people. Yeah, if if I thought like Superman was evil and I saw him like on the street, I wouldn't be like, it's up to me to flying tackle him. Yeah. Uh, but Spider-Man I mean, like, feels like one of those heroes you yourself could stop, I guess. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago in this coffee shop I go to, um, it was kind of kind of sad. This this older gentleman was on the sidewalk and he sort of like collapsed. And so like, you know, people people stopped and make sure he was OK. Somebody called an ambulance and ambulance showed up and it, it seemed like he was basically OK. But, you know, they were, they were checking him out just to make sure he like he had just passed out. I don't, I don't know from what just I mean, he, he was pretty old. So um and uh, I was I was in the coffee shop and I like took two steps out. I looked, I saw that there was three people tending to the matter. I went back to my coffee. So like the idea of me like just getting super involved in something that I like saw a couple streets away that I couldn't do anything about is insane to me. I'm a sociopath yeah. is what I'm saying. Uh, that's That was the point of that story? Okay. Yeah. Oh man, you're a real mental case. I can make some money <laughs> off this. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> that psychiatrist, I hope his ad is like, if you're a mental case, I can help you out. And maybe get a book deal <laughs> in parentheses at the end or something. Oh, if you're famous, come right to the front of the line. Okay, so Peter, um, the, the public hates him. We see him at high school the next day. And, you know, he's really worried. You know, he's up in his own thoughts. Like, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah. And then uh, Liz Allen shows up with her new hairdo <laughs> to show it off to Peter. <laughs> I laugh at that just because Stanley loves having women characters talk about their hair. It's so terrible. Do you think it's him or the artist? Because I feel like artists also like to draw like different hairstyles and different fashion things. So I could see like Ditko just like doing it. And then Stan. Has- I mean, Ditko might be drawing it. But at the same time, like, I don't know how many times, how many times has anyone ever come up to you and been like, hey, Will, did you notice my new hairdo? Yeah. So far in my life, that's happened zero times. Um, and zero times for me as well. So. But I guess across Marvel comics at this time, a lot of the female characters are very hair concerned. Yeah. Stanley's wife but, must have been like that, I guess, because he's just like, this is what women do. Uh, but at least at the very least, we do know Liz has been trying to impress Peter lately. She's fallen in love with him because, or gotten a crush on him because he dressed up as Dr. Octopus. Or he dressed up as Spider-Man fighting Dr. Octopus. To save uh, and so, Last issue. And everyone in high school knows that. And she's impressed and she's in love with him. So it is kind of fun to see her like trying to get his attention and trying to win him over. Because uh, in the early issues, she was part of the gang that ridiculed him. Yeah. Um, so she's trying to woo Peter Parker here and he doesn't really know how to deal with it. He sort of just ignores, he sort of just, at least in these panels, just sort of rolling with it. Not necessarily encouraging it, but not necessarily telling her to get lost or anything. I think he's flattered by it, but he's dating, yeah, definitely. He's dating Betty Brandt. So, uh, this next bit I love, we see Flash who's talking to his like little gang of toadies. Um, we see him catch a glimpse of Liz's new hairstyle and he completely freaks out. There's this double take that Steve Ditko draws and I think it's truly hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very funny, it's just two heads on Flash, basically. So these two, these, uh, these he, two jerk, by the way, everyone in this high school looks like they're like 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and they all wear suits and ties. I mean, it looks like an accountant convention. I mean, I guess it makes sense why they're all standing around talking about current events then. Yeah, they're just like really, they're just, <laughs> Stan just drew his peers in this high school, but um, uh, didn't. But yeah, Flash is still talking about how yeah. Spider-Man is innocent. Then he notices Liz's new hairdo, does a double take, runs over and says, I almost didn't recognize you. 
you're beautiful now. And then Liz is turning her nose, total snob mode, and there's little icicles on her speech balloon to let us know how much attitude she's given Flash. Really, Mr. Thompson? And what was I before, pray tell? And you know what? That panel made me laugh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Flash said a stupid thing. You're beautiful now. <laughs> Don't say that to the girl you're dating. I love it. I love it. Um, so Flash puts his foot in his mouth, but Peter doesn't really care because he's not in love with Liz Allen. He's never in love with Liz Allen, right? Like, it's it, it, becomes, it comes down between... He's not, but he asks her out on dates every now and then. He's just stringing her along because there's Betty, and then pretty soon we're going to have MJ, and then after that we're going to have Gwen Stacy. You know, he's got his hands full pretty soon. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think Stanley just thinks like, well, you know, if you're Spider-Man, you're going to ask out, you got to go on a date tonight. You're not staying in. <laughs> yeah. You need something to do. Um, cause there's definitely issues where like, uh, where Betty is busy and he'll ask out Liz and it's like, you can't do that, dude. <laughs> um, okay. So back at the Daily Bugle, Mysterio enters yeah. the offices. This is the first time we're seeing him, right? Yeah. Other than the cover, uh, Mysterio has not shown up in the issue at all. He, he appears in a cloud of smoke and Jay Jonas, I don't, everyone goes to the Bugle first. Forget the man. Yep. JJ. If you want to make a splash, you talk to the publisher of the Daily Bugle. And um, he shows up and he's got his big purple cape and his dome head and he's surrounded by smoke. He does look insane. But then I love how one of the people that was in JJ Jameson's office says, what a get up. He's cornier looking than Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Stan Lee wrote that line, just made fun of the villain that he's been bragging about all issue and the hero. In my opinion, the hero. Um, yeah, like I wonder if like Didco drew the costume and Stan thought it was corny. So Stan feels compelled to make fun of it. And this is part of the reason why Didco eventually leaves the book. He's like, I don't really like it when the characters say that the costumes are corny looking. I spent a long time on that. <laughs> yeah. What if it was just this one dialogue that really started the whole thing? You don't like Mysterio? <laughs> Um, so Mysterio has a proposition. Yeah. He wants Jonah to print a notice in the paper saying that uh, uh, Spider-Man, if Spider-Man wants to learn the truth about himself, he should meet Mysterio atop the Brooklyn Bridge. And by doing that, Mysterio will defeat Spider-Man. Um, so JJJ is going to print it. Mysterio vanishes in a cloud of smoke. And um, JJJ is into it because whoever's whoever's against Spider-Man is a friend of J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Uh, and so Spider-Man reads that in the paper. Says, I got it. And gotta goes to the top of the bridge. Going on. So meets at the top of the Brooklyn Bridge. Now, later we're going to find out that Mysterio does not really have any superpowers, right? That these are these are all like yeah. tricks of the movie trade. So I'm going to say meeting at the, meeting at the top that's of the right. Brooklyn Bridge is a brave move. Like that's dangerous. Like for Spider-Man, it's okay. He's a, yeah, this is a stunt man. He can handle it. I don't know, man. Climb to the top of the Brooklyn Bridge. Just, I mean, can't you just say meet me at, you know, 4th and Delancey or something like that? Like I don't know. You haven't been in New York in a while. There's always stunt men up on top of the Brooklyn Bridge just hanging out. Yeah, I guess so. I'm out of touch. So there's Mysterio. He appears in a cloud of smoke at the top of the Brooklyn Bridge. Spidey is amazed, immediately attacks him. Well, I guess yeah, immediately Mysterio. leaps at him. Mysterio threatens him first. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Mysterio says, I will single-handedly destroy you. So it's okay to leap and attack him. And this dude doesn't look like good news. Spidey, Spidey, I, I, it's not like racially profiling, but it's like costumey profiling. Like he looks like a villain. Yeah. He's appearing in a cloud of smoke. No good guys do that. He's standing on the side of the bridge, just like sticking to the walls. Yep. He's leaping around uh, and he's able to stop Spider-Man's webbing from even reaching his hand. It looks intimidating. And then like the smoke around him grows so thick and he's able to jam Spider-Man's spider sense. Yeah. Spider-Man's once uh, Mysterio sends his cloud of smoke all over Spider-Man and his spider sense is kind of going haywire. He can't tell where Mysterio is, which he normally would depend on when he can't see. Um, and so Spider-Man has to retreat. He jumps off the Brooklyn Bridge to escape from Mysterio and plunges into the East River. 
Yeah, uh, he plunges in the river. He makes like a little web helmet, so he has a little extra air, so he can stand underwater longer. Because the cops are, have zeroed in on him, and they're they're currently trying to catch him. So he yeah he, he yep. makes a little web helmet to trap some air, and he swims underwater for a while and escapes. Humiliating defeat. But then a, a, a slightly subtle thing for a Spider-Man comic. The page ends with Peter Parker thinking, I did learn the answer to one of the things that's been worrying me. Uh, and the reason I say that's slightly subtle is he doesn't say what the thing is. Yeah. Um, it's a rare act of patience in the in the Stan Lee storytelling. Now, this next panel I love. Yeah. Mysterio is given a parade <laughs> for, <laughs> for having kind of half-defeated Spider-Man, which happens every issue. But the public has turned on Spider-Man so hard <laughs> – that when Mysterio kind of defeats him once, they throw him a parade and he's still in his Mysterio getup, like waving at the crowds. Yeah, he's sitting like in the back of a car, just sort of like holding his hands up, getting them to cheer more this for him. This jammed. Like, uh, people yeah. showed up for this parade. The people in New York must just be They're like... The most fickle people. Like, like after like a year, they must just like look back at what they did that year and just be like, oh, I'm all over the place. <laughs> but we really... We, I hated this guy. I love this guy. I don't know what I'm thinking. We cheered for him. Then we just went, we threw a parade raid for a guy that and the guy didn't even beat him that much no he didn't beat him he but got away one person who's staying in spider-man's side kevin and that's flash thompson flash thompson won't stray and peter parker loves yeah. it um i kind of love it too it's the only thing i love about flash thompson is how loyal he is to spider-man yeah this is a really fun uh i feel like they stumbled on it in the comic despite your uh uh deep-seated psychological <laughs> reasons you think it's happening um but i think they locked onto it because they knew it was fun um and it gives flash something more to do than just like yell at peter yeah, although he still does that. He warns him to stay away from his girlfriend, Liz Allen. Peter's like, I'm not even going out. Peter's got a lot of swagger now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Story the bright most eyes, popular girl in school is trying to woo you, Will. I mean, that would give me validation. Also, the fact that I have saved the welfare of New York City multiple times would also make me feel yeah. confident. You know? You mean, whatever you think. I think winning Liz Allen's heart is the harder part. Yeah, actually, I kind of agree with you. So, um, okay, so back at the Daily Bugle office, J. Jonah Jameson is congratulating Mysterio. Um and Mysterio's, and Mysterio's, promise not to, Mysterio's promise to reveal who he is once he actually completely, completely defeats Spider-Man, which he has not done yet. Um, this is a little bit here that I love, which is, so J. Jonah Jameson is telling this crowd of people in his office, um, Mysterio will reveal his identity and that'll be a scoop for the Daily Bugle, right, Mysterio? And Mysterio says to him, right, so long as you remember the money you promised me. <laughs> yeah, right in front of everyone. It's sort of just really deflated Jonah's moment. Yeah, it also makes you look not such so great, Mysterio. Like, I think J. Jonah Jameson's trying to, like, make you look like a hero, like saying that you're going to reveal your identity and stuff like that. Yeah. You're just like, I'll do it for the bucks. And he introduces Mysterio to Peter Parker. Yep. So unbeknownst to Mysterio, he's meeting Spider-Man right now. Yeah. And Peter Parker has palmed one of his spider tracers, the ones that he used uh, when he was chasing Doc Ock uh, in Philly. Right. Right. Is that where he used it? That's right. Yep. Um. And uh, now he has put one of those spider tracers into the folds of Mysterio's cape. Um, it is aesthetically so cool that his like little tracer looks like a spider. Although I have to say, I think it's kind of a giveaway if anybody ever finds it in their clothes. Yeah, they know immediately this is not a normal thing. Yeah, but it looks cool for the comic. So he puts a little tracer in Mysterio's costume. Now he's in a good mood, but um, but he's got no time to talk to Betty. And that makes Betty jealous because she assumes he's going to talk to uh, Liz Allen. Yeah, and this becomes a thread. This is basically where it starts with Betty. Like the next handful of issues, like every other time you see her, she's jealous about Liz Allen. Uh, and there are times where maybe Peter's done something to earn that. But most of the time, I don't think it's happened. It definitely has not happened yet. 
You think it's forced? I just feel like it makes Betty less likable when she's immediately sort of just mad. When she's always mad at Peter, it's just not as much fun. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely taking a step back. And since I'll tell you this, it's since her hairstyle changed, she's become a little bit more mousy. Well, I'm sure it'll change again. Okay. So Mysterio again disappears in a cloud of smoke. Uh, very funny. Uh, Peter changes into a Spider-Man costume, follows the tracer bug and immediately locates Mysterio. Yeah. And locates him right outside a TV movie studio building. Suspicious. Suspicious. Yeah. Um, and then Mysterio sort of beats Spider-Man up in the cloud of smoke again. Yeah. And Spider-Man says, uh, it was you who committed those crimes disguised as me, wasn't it? Yep. And Mysterio of says, of course, only I have the genius to imitate. In fact, to improve upon your own powers. And now he reveals his story. He reveals his whole story and how he does every single thing he does. This is not a good move for Mysterio. But um, I guess he's just full of himself, right? He's, I mean, basically Mysterio is a show off. Like that, that's, that is his tragic yeah. flaws. He just wants everyone to think he's great. Yes. He, uh, he's a stunt man. He's a special effects guy. Um, and he just, and he's like, uh, I, I, but even though he's a behind the scenes guy, I guess he wants the accolades of a star. And so he, he's gotten obsessed with duplicating Spider-Man. And so he like figures out how to duplicate all of his powers using practical effects. Yeah, like suction cups and spring-heeled shoes and like a gun that Marvel shoots Marvel Comics webbing. does this now and then where they do like a sort of like schematic of a costume or a lair or something like with lots of, you know, boxes and arrows indicating like how things work sort of like where they're, they're sort of like letting you in under the hood of the mechanics of something. And it always yeah. like gives the feel that like, oh, we're really being let in on the real science. But then when you think about it for like one second, you're like, none of this would work. Yeah, but there is something nice about it that it isn't just like, oh, smoke comes out of somewhere. We don't care. It's like. No, we drew holes on his shoes. It comes out of there yeah. at the very least. Like there's some tiny bit of grounding to make this feel like this is a thing that could well, Yeah, when I was a kid, happen. I always loved this part. I love when they got into the details. Like I like in the Fantastic Four when they show you the schematic of the Baxter building and they show you like what every room does or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I think Spider-Man's annual, they show like a schematic of his apartment. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Not his apartment, his, his bedroom, I think. But it's yeah, I I like even like that. like that. You're right. Even if it doesn't actually check out too much logically, it, it just going through it gives the feeling of like logic and grounding. And, you know, and they do have to think through their drawings a little bit. Okay. So, yeah. Spidey uh, was tape recording that. So, Mysterio tells his whole story. Spidey was tape recording that. What? Yeah. Uh, it's the oldest trick in the book. He had a tape recorder on him. There's no way it was hiding in his skin tight costume, but somehow it was. I mean, he's also somehow put away his spider tracer tracker, which is also huge and clunky. That belt does amazing (laughs) things basically. Um, so I, I don't even believe he could keep a yeah. camera under there. <laughs> um, so Spidey, newly confident now that he knows the whole story, jumps back in the cloud of smoke to fight Mysterio. Yeah. And hits him hard. It's a great punch. That, uh, on page 17, like this is in the middle panel, he has punched Mysterio out of the cloud through the door of the studio. And he's like rolling through a science fiction picture. I love this. Like since we were next to a movie TV studio. We see Mysterio just like, and Spider-Man like fighting through a series of a couple of sets, right? Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, similar to like the last issue we had uh, that Doc Ock in fight in the, the statue, yeah. the sculptor studio. And now this one we're like in a film studio. It feels like, uh, and even before that was like on boats. It feels like maybe they've put some effort into like, let's just get away from just building tops and find new places to put them fighting. Um, it, it does look cool. Like all this old camera equipment and all these sets and all these like actors and costumes running away. They end up having 
having a fight on a moon set, so it looks like they're fighting on the moon, kind of. Yeah. Um, Spidey gets a dig in on the human torch at one point here. Do you see this um, on page 19? You picked on the wrong yes, guy when you tried to frame me, Mysterio. You should have um, found some easy victim, like the human torch, for instance. I'm like, what are you bringing the human torch into this for? <laughs> yeah. He just hates the human torch. I don't think the human torch mentions Spider-Man much at all in Fantastic Four comics. Spider-Man's like the Red Sox and human torch is like the Yankees, you know? The Red Sox are obsessed with the Yankees, but the Yankees don't care. Yeah. The only thing they don't like about the Red Sox is that the Red Sox hate them. Yeah. Um, uh, so he defeats Mysterio. So yeah, so they're fighting a lot. Yeah, he just, he's he's beating him handedly. Like, really, Mysterio doesn't stand a chance in any of these pages. It's never close again. It just I guess now that he knows the story, Spidey's like, can fight a little bit more effectively or something like that? Or I don't quite know why he's doing better. I guess now that he knows it's all just tricks and not real powers. He can just be more aggressive. I think something. he knows he can beat it. Yeah, he like punches the suit and breaks the uh, spider sense jammer um, uh, and just basically takes him down pretty easily and then takes him to the police. Uh, now, this, of course, ruins J. Jonah's day because um, he finds out that Spider-Man was innocent. Yeah. Uh, after all, I wrote in my newspapers, I'll be the laughing stock. Yeah, it's happened like three times in the course that we're reading. His newspaper should be going out of business at some point because he's he's doubled down too hard on Spider-Man. <laughs> he's put too much money on that. But we, we find out like every now and then he just gets such great photos. People have to it buy would just be Google. like if like the New York Post was like Barack Obama is Osama bin Laden. And if they did that like three times, you would stop buying the newspaper. Yeah. I would hope. I would hope about yeah. that one and time. Also, like the next issue, there'd be like a retraction where they're like, <laughs> I guess he isn't. So, um, but one thing that makes JJJ's day is that Peter leaves on his desk a bunch of photos of Spider-Man capturing Mysterio, like amazing uh, photos of it. Yeah, that nobody else has because only Spider-Man was at the, the, the place. And JJ Jones got a big old uh, smile on his face. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of money. Um, he even says uh, he'll be generous this time and pay him almost half what these pictures <laughs> are worth but he he did remember that peter needs money he won't have to worry about that mortgage now it's kind of yes. nice of him that he remembers that yeah he seems to care not enough to help him yeah um he, he still is at least listening to him but uh spider-man shows up to kind of like taunt him yeah and there's this panel where spider-man's standing on the desk and pointing at J. jonah jameson it, it makes spider-man look scary yeah he looks super angry. I, I don't know if this is going to help Spider-Man's case. Like, this would not make me like you more. Uh, but I think he rightfully knows nothing's going to make JJJ like me, so why should I even try? Maybe revealing his secret identity to J. Jonah would make him like him? In 40 years, he'll do it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he hangs J. Jonah up by a webbing uh, and swings off. Um, meanwhile, back at high school, Flash Thompson is reveling in his glory. He was right all along that Spider-Man was innocent. Yeah. And uh, Peter Parker's gone back to pretending he does not like Spider-Man. And uh, this is another happy ending for Spidey. Two issues in a row. Uh, yeah, it is. Even though last issue promised us it would not stay happy. It did. Yep. Uh, things worked out for Spidey this issue. Um, and we have a little Stan Lee uh, kind of send off here in the last panel. Um, until then, fate has many more surprises in store for Spidey. Next issue, we present another book-length adventure with an unexpected guest star. We think you'll like it, so we'll see you then. Yeah, and that unexpected guest star is the Hulk. I already spoiled that for you. That's right. Now, I have a question. When Peter, back in yeah. this issue, when he said, like, at least I learned one thing today, what was it that he learned? 
You learned that Mysterio was the one that was dressing up as Spider-Man. Okay. Just because he, he because, could see him demonstrating all of his abilities. Yeah, Mysterio stuck to the side of a building, leaped around, and it's sort of like, one of the things he was worried about was like, am I committing these right. crimes? And that at least took that off his mind. He was like, oh, gotcha. it's not me. Okay, cool. Because the next time he fights him, that's the first thing he asks. He's like, you're the one who did that, weren't you? And if Mysterio had said no, it might have really messed with Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, but luckily Mysterio just admitted the truth, <laughs> confessed everything. Um, does Mysterio, like, how often does he come back? Does he come back a lot? He comes back pretty often. I, th- I mean, at least early on. All these original villains come back a lot in the, uh, at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, Mysterio is one of the Sinister Six. So he comes back very soon in the annual that we're going to be covering. Uh, what are we on? Issue 13 yeah. right now? So in like four episodes of this podcast, Mysterio oh, is back. Exciting. Can't wait. Um. What's our next segment, Kevin? Um, this is where we give out our oh, awards, Will. Um, what's your favorite panel? No. I think I know what you're getting. I refuse. Um, my favorite panel is uh, uh, page 17, the last panel where Mysterio is just sort of rolling over and over again, oh. trailing smoke across that uh, moon yeah. space setting. Uh, mine, mine is the panel right before that where Spidey punches him in the cloud of smoke. Yeah, it's really both those panels combined are just great together. But there's something about that gangly, the way his like hands are splayed. Like he just rolled four times. Smoke's coming punch. out of his boots, so it like leaves a little loop-de-loop. Yeah, it's humiliating. Mysterio looks like an idiot in that, in that image. If someone did that to me, I would just be like, okay, you win. <laughs> um, what's your favorite? You punched me so hard. I've rolled four times over. I, I'm just, I, I don't even want to, even if I think I can win. I'm what's not your favorite Stan Leeism? Uh, I think my favorite Stan Leeism is, uh, it's uh, as usual, a J. Right. Jonah James The greatest line. character in Marvel Comics. Uh, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely <laughs> the funniest character. Uh, but I think for me, I'm, I'm trying to dig it up. Uh, where is it? I think what I really like is what he's bragging about um, all the letters he's gotten. Even though the first part of this sentence isn't great, I just like how he ends it. But it's like, look at these letters, these telegrams. The public finally says I was right about Spider-Man. What a great triumph this is for me. What a great triumph this is for me. That part I really just love. I love that. It's just it's very it's funny. Quintessential. Uh, mine is the therapist. If I can make a patient out of him, I'll make medical history. Imagine a mysterious superhero who's a mental case. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I maybe should have picked that one now that you say that out loud. Um, what's your highlight? Um, I think my highlight is uh, I guess it, I um, you know, I guess this is movie studio fight, even though it's sort of a route where Spider-Man never is even close to losing. It looks so uh, cool. the set is really fun watching like knock down these spaceships and leap around. It's a uh, it's some of the best art in the issue. So I think it's that that final fight. Uh, I'm going to say I, I think I was going to pick the same thing. I, I, I love that. I'm going to say my highlight is just Peter doubting himself so much in the beginning, just like wondering if he actually committed the crimes. Like it's kind of a fun take for him to to, you know, the, yeah. that level of doubt and fear is sort of a cool, creepy thing to open an issue on. So I'm, I'm going to say that it's the only part that makes this time of Spider-Man committing crime feel different. Yeah. Is it Peter actually? Believes What's your it? low light? I think my low light is uh, how mean he is to Betty. I know we have the excuse that he's not sleeping, but it just feels, I don't know, it feels like 50% it's too It's a bummer much. for sure. Don't butt into my life, he says to the woman he loves. Um, I think, yeah, I, I can see that as a low light. My low light is just that Mysterio's motivations are pretty weak. Like he just just kind of is generally a bad dude. Yeah. Um, but it was still a fun issue. Like I I, I think this, is, this issue works, but... Um, I mean, Mysterio's so quickly explaining not just his origin... 
but how he did every single stunt feels like you're just giving this guy information that he could maybe use to defeat you, even if you think yeah. you're going to win. That's also sort of dumb. I think it's just there to tell us the readers. Right, of course. But um, I think they could have done a little more work uh, to make that smoother. I guess. Normally they do that by having the villain sit alone and talk yeah. to nobody about it. Um, okay, those are our awards. Yeah, those are our awards. Um, we've got some reader mail we can do if you Let's want, if it. you got time. Oh, do you have a personal memory? I don't have a personal memory of Mysterio. Well, I've said it before, but the board game that I first like discovered Spider-Man with, Spider-Man meets the Fantastic Four or something like that. There's lots of yeah. pictures of Mysterio in that board game. And I remember just intrigued by what that he, who that villain was long before I knew who he was. But so, that, so you had that board game before we had all yeah. the digests? Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting way in. Like normally you think that board game would come from a fan of Spider-Man, but for you, it's like <laughs> the know. game came first. I don't know why. Uh, so we've gotten a couple uh, letters, one from Brian Long, uh, who heard you plugging this podcast on a little other podcast called Comedy Bang Bang. Little indie podcast. It's just, it's chugging along. Hopefully get some listeners someday. Yeah. Uh, so you were on that, gracing them with your presence. Uh, they must have really uh, had to woo you. <laughs> yeah, they had to go through my agent and really, really make a huge deal. Um, but uh, he just said he loves it. Um, he's loved Spider-Man, but never read the original run because uh, he was born in the late 80s. And he's uh, been listening to it and, and loving following along with us. And he loves our Instagram. Screw it, Spidey. Uh, Ooh, nice. And he just loves it all. And he, then he challenges us to increase our segments. <laughs> I don't know. From Jay he goes, I challenge you to increase your segments by double. Jay Jonah Jameson. <laughs> I mean, that would be a lot of segments. So, yeah, I would say we have too many segments as it is. Um, but now we've got a challenge. Well, we got to find another 12 segments to do. We'll, we'll keep it in mind. We'll see if we can do it. Uh, no questions. Just a little praise uh, for you, Will. Um, and now Thank we've you, got Brian. another one. This is from uh, Dan Gillette. Uh, who sends us an email? He persists in enjoying our podcast. He says, "Yes, I think this is this is Dan um, Gelati. I think Gelati. Yes, Sorry. this might be a friend of mine from Danbury, Connecticut. Like went to, went to our high school, Kevin. Uh, makes sense because he signs his email Hatter Proud for Life. Yeah, okay, that's Dan. Yeah, he was a, a year younger than me uh, at Danbury High School. Uh, he delivered yeah. balloons for a while when we were in high school. He had a fun job delivering balloons. That's interesting. Like you don't think of that as a real job that people do. That seems like a sitcom job, but Dan did it. Yeah. I mean, hey, uh, kind of make a few bucks. To, so you could pay your Aunt May's mortgage. Yep. For Dan, it was all about the money. Um, but he says he uh, he likes he. We talk about this in a number of uh, of the episodes. He likes how Stan and Steve are always doing something to hamper Spider Man. Yeah. Um, and this is like when he gets the flu or hurts him. He hurt his ankle a few issues back. Mm, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, they give good obstacles uh, and all this. Yeah, so he's really enjoying that. And then he's got a question for you, Will. Okay. Uh, he jumped into, uh, he goes, I jumped into my older brother's Marvel comics as a kid, but only caught older stories and occasional reprints. How is it that you guys read all of these as kids? So how did you stumble on these digests? How did you I mean, get the original issues? Um, what I... It was, I would, we would go, when mom would go shopping, I would get bored and go to the bookstore, you know, like if it was like a Bradley's shopping center, there'd be like a bookstore, a couple stores over like Walden books or whatever, or like, okay, yeah. and um, I would just go to it and kill time. And so the, these digests were like prominently displayed. I would just go to the humor section and the like comics section. And when these came out, they were right. Cause it'd be like collections of comic strips would be there as well as other things. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, old, like, you know, whatever, Charlie Brown strips or something. Um, Garfield was like new, I think, or something. And so, yeah, th these were like heavily promoted. They were like displayed prominently in bookstores for a while. So I just, I picked them up. I used to, 
And you already knew who Spider-Man was from other yes, things? Yes, I'd gotten a couple single issues. Uh, I'd read like some stuff from like the mid 70s. Um, there was like there was like a clone story back then, by the way, not the famous clone saga of the 90s, but there was some sort of clone right. story but, in the 70s. Yeah, the clone story in the 90s was basically built off of that 70s Th- Those are the first ones I bought just in issue form. But um, yeah, the, these digests, were, they were sort of heavily promoted at that time. There also would be like, there, was, there were like Marvel novels. Like I remember Marv, Marv Wolfman wrote a, a Fantastic Four novel that I bought. Um, yeah, okay. so they were, they were just kind of in bookstores. If you just, it was just an accident of and birth. then so for it me, just it was like just, I happened to be there and pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me, it was just they were That's in right. your room. So it was even yeah. easier. What are we doing in my room? But I also I do remember often uh, when we'd go out shopping and stuff, I'd always just go to Walden Books as well. And you just sit there and just like read books. And then sometimes you'd buy one before you left. And sometimes yeah, you wouldn't. Right. Um, it was a pre-internet uh, killing time. Yeah. You wouldn't just sit somewhere and play on your phone. You'd go look need at to do physical something. things. Yeah. Now I don't um, read is anymore. Our, is recommendations our next segment? Uh, yes, recommendations is our next segment. Oh, it sounds like somebody's got a recommendation. Yes, um, it's it's uh, again. I'm way behind compared to you in terms of reading comics, but uh, I uh, I got some old issues of Criminal recently. The um yeah, oh, great. Uh, the Brubaker and Phillips uh, comic, you know, crime stories. Uh, I'd already bought a lot of yeah, Criminal yeah, yeah. before, like in trade paperback form, but I went back and got these these two Criminal specials where they where the issues are done up to look like 1970s. Um, Conan the Barbarian, and then yeah, one of them looks like fun. a werewolf, sort of, you know, like a parody of when the when Marvel Comics in the seventies would do a bunch of monster stuff. Yeah, these are like magazine yeah. sized, um, and they're they're framed as if you're buying an actual like Conan style comic. But then when you start reading it, you realize that it's a regular criminal crime story, and one of the characters is reading that issue. Yeah, uh, those are great. I bought both those too. Even though I mostly buy things in collections, I wanted to have those because they're really uh, fun. Format so format that's so my fun. recommendation. These these special criminal issues done like 70s Marvel comics. One of them is called Savage Sword of Criminal and one's called Deadly yeah, Hands bit, of Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are great. Uh, everything, all, the entire criminal run is probably the yeah. best thing Ed Brubaker has done. Uh, he's also done a couple other things. He's done Fatal, uh, which is like about like a HP Lovecraft-ish mm-hmm. crime story. Uh, the Fade Out, which is like a yeah, Hollywood crime story. Uh, and my recommendation inspired by you is going to be the thing they're doing right now. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, same guys who did Criminal, is Ooh. doing something called Kill or Be Killed. Uh, it's sort of a death wishy type of story, I guess. It's about a guy who attempts suicide but uh, survives and then believes he is visited by a demon who says, I spared your life, but the only way I'll let you keep living is if you kill somebody. So every month, this guy has to kill somebody oh, cool. to stay alive. Uh, it's unclear whether or not he's just crazy or something really supernatural is happening. At least I've only read the first trade. Um, uh, volume two at least is out at, the, at this point. Um, I don't know if volume three is out. Uh, though, actually, I think volume three maybe has just come out. So I'm a little behind on this myself. But the first volume was really good. Uh, it's spooky. It's fun. It's interesting. Uh, but, but really anything by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, you're getting, uh, a great deal. Brubaker tells fun stories, you know, real page turners. Yeah. It's an interesting image comics, uh, that produces, uh, or publishes all these comics. What they normally do is if you're a creator, you have to like pitch them the comic and say, here's the comic we want to make. And if image thinks it will sell, they'd say, yeah, we'll do it. And image takes like a cut, not a cut. They take like, I think a flat fee to do a lot of work for you, but then every, all the profit is yours after that. Oh, wow. Um, 
And I don't necessarily know if like if it's one of these things where if it doesn't sell, if you have to pay them back or how that works. But because uh, they only want certain comics, they won't take comics they don't think will sell. OK, um, but for Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, they basically said, I think I forget how many comics it was, it was like ah, the next five comics you pitch. We're, we're just going to take. Oh, nice. So whatever it is for like the next three years, you just make what you want. We're on board. The whole story of Image is really interesting because it was just a bunch of creators founded it, right? Yeah, it was a bunch of artists. Like Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld and stuff like that? Yeah. Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, Eric Larson, uh, Jim Silvestri, I believe was one of the original ones as well. Uh, we're all like basically Marvel Comics guys. And they wanted a and better At that fight. point, Marvel Comics was selling great. Uh, but the comics that they drew sold better than anyone else's. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's an interesting uh, business venture. And they were just like, why don't we just make our own comics so we own them? And that was it at first. They're just like, if we all do it together, it, it'll sell better than if we all do it separate. So they weren't making like a superhero universe. It was like each one was just doing their own book uh, that they've done crossovers and stuff. And they were right. It sold like gangbusters. The problem was some of them just didn't come out very often. They were slow. They didn't have like editors telling them to keep making comics. They didn't have like fill-in artists mm-hmm. at first. Uh, so some of those books did better than others, but the, the company has done tremendous. So cool. And it's become like probably the best creator owned publisher. Uh, it's definitely up there with like dark horse and, uh, uh, some of the other ones like Oni Press is pretty good, yeah. but Image is just like a place. Everyone who goes to Image loves it there. Uh, what a, I love it. That's so cool. And they get a lot of guys who leave the superhero books, Marvel and DC writers and artists who like then want to make their own book. They almost always go to Image. Interesting. And Ed Brubaker was one of those guys. He was doing Captain America and he did Daredevil and he did Iron Fist. And now uh, he just does crime comics. <laughs> So cool. Well, he's good at it. So I'm glad. Yeah. Um, Kevin, are those all our segments? Uh, those are all of our we segments. Well, um, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess we did do it. Uh, so, hey, remember to check out our uh, Instagram and our Twitter. We don't we forget to plug it sometimes. Um, but it's but, there. Uh, you know, go to Screw It Spidey. Follow us there. I think you're missing out if you don't do that. Do you want the complete podcast experience? Follow us on Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, you can follow us on Twitter. I link to it there as well. If you're not at either of those things, you're a better person than me. And we have a special guest next episode, right? We have um, Scott Ackerman right. going to be on talking about uh, the next issue of Spider-Man because um, <laughs> Scott has actually written some Marvel comics and he did an issue of the Dead pull spider-man crossover that was in, directly inspired by the next issue of amazing spider-man so he comes on to talk about it yeah maybe that should have been podcast news oh yeah you're right we had a, that was a big segment this time <laughs> i didn't even know it um yeah and as we already hinted at we've already recorded that episode it's really fun yeah you're gonna really like it so um uh, please scott ackerman it's also got the enforcers and the first ep- uh, appearance of the green goblin yeah it's a big one so check it out so yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be out next Wednesday. Um, and then, you know, after that, the next issue. Yeah. And then that'll also be good for reasons we don't know yet. So, um, <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next episode. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're, We're just, just going to talk about, about Spider-Man. Spider-Man.